On today's show, I've got books, yoga, and a dangerous dance. I wanted to get started by talking to you about a little something I call the derivative dance. Don't do it. Please don't go through your life embracing the idea of settling. Last week, I came across a tweet from Mashable. It said, and I quote, SMH at these superhero shirts. For those of you not familiar with internet lingo, SMH means shaking my head. The tweet linked to an article called 10 Ridiculously Sexist Superhero T-Shirts. It showed an image of two shirts. One of them featured Superman and Lois and a couple of thought bubbles. God knows what they said. The other one featured the bat signal. It said, training to be Batman's wife. I retweeted that tweet and shared a message of my own. Screw his wife. I want to be Batman. I remember a few weeks ago looking at photos of fit people on Instagram and thinking, man, I wish I could be that fly. And then it hit me. Why wish when I am that wonderful? All I need is a little work. Now that inspired me to begin my yoga journey, which I'll get to in a minute. But my point is this. Women, people, whatever, whoever, you weren't meant to be derivative. When you see someone you admire, do you think, I wish I could be just like him or her? If so, why? I want you to think about it. Once, years ago, I saw an episode of Rachel Ray. They were doing celebrity makeovers. Now, they weren't fixing up B-listers and turning them to glossy superstars. Instead, they were giving regular people the chance to get made up to look like their favorite celebrities. One woman said she wanted to look like a particular star because she was pretty. And I thought, you're not? In that moment, I was both scared and sad for her. Now more than ever, we are bombarded by images of all sorts of public figures. It's hard not to admire their style or success. And when you feel like you're in a rut, it's hard not to dwell on your own faults. But becoming another person or being just like them isn't going to help you. You are an individual. You are a gift right here, right now, right where you are. For another reference, I think of a couple of things that have come up in my Instagram feed. There's this company called Tease in the Trap. Tease in the Trap makes t-shirts. And um, one of them says, Beyonce wasn't built in a day. They also have another one that says the same thing, but mentions Oprah. All of these superstars, I don't care what they're involved in, be it politics, music, or mathematics, they aren't doing anything that you and I can't do. Greatness can be achieved by anyone. It only takes a lot of faith and hard work. Being Batman's wife might be the life for some. Lord knows I wouldn't mind being married to a boss man. But only if he doesn't mind being married to a boss lady. something I mentioned on my blog. Question. In the yoga world, what constitutes a beginner's pose? I've got to tell you that I've fallen in love with yoga. I've been doing it almost daily. I have books, a couple of DVDs, and some apps that I've collected over the years. Lately, though, I've been focusing on one resource called Yogify. For those who don't know, Yogify is an iPhone app. I have no idea of whether or not it's available for other devices. They have three levels of programming available, 
and each level has three areas of focus, strength, balance, and flexibility. On clearshegoes.com, I mentioned that I was working through level one. I said something about how I appreciated its complexity because I could use the challenge. Today, however, I want to take time to apologize to you guys. In Yogify, each section contains routines that have different lengths. What you may not know is that when I wrote my initial review, I had only finished the 15-minute workouts. At the time, I really didn't anticipate any problems. Today, as I record this, I'm at the end of the program. I only have two more flexibility sequences left. But the reason I'm asking about beginner's poses is that even after I wrote my first review, I was irked by some of the poses, but I didn't want to let on. I had held back because I thought I was being a bit of a baby. In spite of this feeling, my misgivings didn't go away, and some of the poses left me wondering. For example, consider side plank. To be specific now, I'm not talking about the side plank where you rest your weight on your forearm. I'm speaking of doing a side plank where your arm is stretched out and your body weight is resting on the palm of your hand. So I'll ask again, but be more specific. Is a side plank thought of as a normal beginner's pose? If you're listening to me and you know the answer, feel free to give me a shout. Mind you, the app includes a modification where you have one foot planted on the ground at a right angle. But even with that, I still thought side plank was a bit much. And I will allow that I know this is all relative. For example, some people hate Warrior 3, which basically involves stretching horizontally while balancing on one leg. Meanwhile, I would rather try Warrior 3 1,000 times before I do a side plank. Really, guys, I'm scared. I keep thinking I'm going to break my wrist. Now then, let's get to the main attraction, shall we? The works of Austin Kleon. In case you missed it, in my first show I discussed Steel Like an Artist. For further information on the book and its author, visit Austin's site at austincleon.com. That's A-U-S-T-I-N-K-L-E-O-N dot com. This week I'm going to begin with his first book, Newspaper Blackout. This is a book of found poetry. For those of you who don't know what found poetry is, I define found poetry as poetry that has been created through merging seemingly random words into a unified work of art. Several years ago, I used a found poetry exercise with a group of grade 10 students. They ripped headlines and captions out of newspapers to make word collages. Austin uses newspapers for his poems. However, instead of ripping them, he uses a black marker to delete words that he doesn't intend to include and leaves the words that make his poetry behind. Let me read you a couple of them. This is Devil on Wires. Find me atop an ominous rock with the devil on wires in a body cast. Here's another one. In the afterlife, you may have forgotten the point of this world, but never the music. That was never the music. Overall, I think Newspaper Blackout is a great book of art. And now, without any further ado, that was a horrible jumble. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you guys what I think of Austin's latest book, Show Your Work. I bought it earlier this year. In some ways, Show Your Work is a bit of a sequel to Steal Like an Artist. 
like steel. It's a medium-sized square book. It's perfect for a purse. It also expands on the work done in the other volume. Mr. Cleon explains his purpose on page three, which I'm going to read for you. In Show Your Work, he says, <clears throat> I'm going to try to teach you how to think about your work as ne a never-ending process, how to share your process in a way that attracts people who might be interested in what you do, and how to deal with the ups and downs of putting yourself and your work out into the world. Does he achieve this? I think so. In Show Your Work, Austin makes several relevant points. I don't want to give away too much, but I will share a few that really resonated with me. Let's start from the beginning with, you don't have to be a genius. In this chapter, Austin writes about the idea of the artist's voice. When you think of an artist's voice, you might think of the trademark characteristics of their work, the things that set him or her apart in their field. Now, as for you and your voice, Austin says that you've got to use it to find it. Regardless of your medium, whether it's vocal or visual, you've got to begin to put yourself out there. When you observe other artists, you may feel intimidated by their mastery. Please don't be. Know that mastery comes through practice and experimentation. As you practice your art, it is through that practice that you are able to develop your voice, the thing that sets you apart from your peers. But just remember, practice makes prowess. Chapter 6 is entitled, Teach What You Know. Don't be afraid to share your skills, guys. In the book, Austin tells the story of a man and wife who together own Franklin Barbecue in Texas. They share information about their techniques with the public. However, the sharing has posed no threat to their business. This may sound very strange to some, because I know how people can be when it comes to fearing theft of their work. However, I believe strongly that authenticity will win in the end. As Austin puts it, teaching does not always equal competition. His most valuable point of all is this. When you teach, you learn. Trust me, I speak from experience. I'd also like to talk about something from chapter 8, Learn to Take a Punch. This is Austin's chapter on criticism and how to deal with it. In the past, I personally have taken the cowardly route and remained hidden. When it comes to certain topics, I've avoided writing or talking about them. In my own mind, I thought that silence would be better than some of the anticipated negative responses. However, Austin makes an excellent point when he says to protect your vulnerable areas. Let me read for a second. Protect your vulnerable areas. If you have work that is too sensitive or too close to you to be exposed to criticism, keep it hidden. But remember what writer Colin Marshall says. Compulsive avoidance of embarrassment is a form of suicide. If you spend your life avoiding vulnerability, you and your work will never truly connect with other people. There are many more things about this book that I'd love to tell you, but I won't. If you come across a copy of Show Your Work, please read it. You won't regret it. <laughs> It looks like that's it for this week's show, folks. Remember, this is Claire from Claire She Goes. I'm available on Twitter as well as Gmail and on my website. The next time you hear me, I'm going to be talking about desire. Until then, be good to yourself. <laughs>